Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone, thanks for stopping by for Left Turns, Loud Noises, episode 52. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our partner, StadiumScene.tv. Listen, guys, you can have everything set up for a blog, podcast, or video. You can get the video equipment, editing, sound equipment. You can get the uh, space to set up the blog, but there's going to be one thing that you're missing that is very, very difficult to get that you just can't find sometimes. Listeners, people to actually check out what you have. We know that problem, but thankfully with StadiumScene.tv, they've helped us out. These guys have been great to us. They have a wonderful customer support program. And best of all, you can connect directly with listeners and partners to help promote your work. Guys, make sure to take the leap, join their MVP program. And best of all, it is free to sign up. So check it out, StadiumScene.tv. Enjoy the episode, guys. what's going on welcome to another episode of left turns and loud noises episode 52 my name is anthony dietrich i am your host we are recording on february 26th 2020 getting ever so close to that magical february 29th only comes once every four years in case you live under a rock i am joined as always by my wonderful co-host no longer the hardest working man in daytona but the hardest working man in florida itself kevin costello was good my dude everything is good bro i'm just happy that we got another good race looking for another uh good one this weekend oh hell yeah and let me go ahead and turn it on over to the president of r nascar the man the myth the legend jeremy methfield what's up my friend not too much just enjoying the twitter shit storm that's going on all week i'm just kind of waiting forward to seeing what happens tomorrow it's going to be a blast and i am joined by a very special guest many of you might know him from his nascar man videos or his videos on youtube you might know him from lastcar.info but i am joined by a very special guest brock beard what's up brock good evening doing all right thank you guys again for having me on Thank you for coming on. It's it's very rare that we get someone um, so knowledgeable with the sport actually hop onto our nonsense program where we just spew terrible take after terrible take. So thank you for hopping on. Oh, absolutely. Hey, you know these are these are those shows that are always more fun. Anyway, 
Exactly, exactly. So we have so much to talk about. I was hoping to have Brock on for an episode where we could do like a long, good, intimate interview. But sadly, NASCAR decided to just go absolutely apeshit this week, have an incredible race at Vegas, have beef on the track, off the track, fake Twitter accounts, and media wars. So we got a lot to jump into. First of all, yo, that Vegas race, though. That Vegas race. That was awesome. I I'm not used to Vegas being good. (laughs) I I can't remember the last time Vegas had a really exciting race. I mean, we've had some good finishes there in the past. Last year was another good finish. I think it was only about a second that Logano ended up winning that race by. But like even in years past, like Dale Jr. ran out of gas after winning the 500 there in 2014. Uh, We've seen some okay finishes, but this uh, the racing was unbelievable. It reminded me of Chicagoland the last two years. Yeah, it, I think it was just a great combination of the uh, attire that Goodyear brought that actually fell off. So thank you, Goodyear. And then we have just a combination of different uh, types of cars there. Like Kevin Harvick, absolute <laughs> rocket ship for like 20 laps and then would just hit a cliff and drop way back. Chase Elliott had probably the best long run car and then a uh, valve sim decided to get knocked off deep in the race. And then Blaney, Bowman, Byron, uh, Matthews, killer bees of alliteration where we're doing <laughs> great and then joey logano snuck out a win which happens but i mean he's good at vegas so it's not to be surprised paul wolf man what a what a mad scientist That's imagine right. just oh. did um what's his name who was who's blaming crew chief now um todd, todd gordon. gordon great to see him gift joey logano another win honest to god though brock what did you like what was your take on this because you can see we obviously are very hype over this oh i gotta say yeah absolutely outstanding i mean as you know i mean a lot of you know the way i watch the race is a bit different looking at the back of the field there Mm -hmm. but uh uh even that was pretty competitive as it turned out (laughs) with the different drivers of the field uh michael mcdowell and uh, timmy hill uh waging war there but yeah i mean Fantastic racing up there. I, what it reminded me so much of was the truck series opener at Daytona we had uh, just last week where you had so many close calls where people were just running into each other, but like not wrecking, like not straight up taking each other out, but saving it. Uh, just a lot of just just thrills. I mean, I, I it's been a while since I've seen a race, especially at a mile and a half, where you would just say from time to time, it's like, oh, I can't believe they saved it. And, you know, Christopher Bell's near spin. I mean, uh, uh, oh, yeah, that was incredible stuff. save. That was fantastic. So I hope, I hope we see more of it this weekend in Fontana. Me too. Um, I wanted to just say, first of all, I would never think of all the drivers to mess up a potential incredible finish. Ross Chastain was going to do me that dirty. Yeah, that was tough to see because I think we all wanted to see um, a Blaney versus Bowman battle because I don't think we've ever had one of those. No, we haven't. And that's not even the thing. Everyone talks about Byron, or I'm sorry, Bowman versus Blaney, but Will Byron had just gone around Joey Logano a half a lap before Chastain. We could have had a three, like a three car battle for the win there. And there was no doubt in my mind, like Bowman had the fastest car. But if you're battling side by side, and I know those two were going to battle side by side for a minute, Byron was going to be like, hey, y'all mind if I get my first win here real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been fun to see. But I mean, <sighs> I think, like, there was a couple of people out there saying, why did they throw the caution for that? A week after Ryan Newman almost dies in the sixth car, you're not going to not throw the caution 
for a guy yeah. spinning out in the six car. I mean, that's just common sense. And it wasn't like they had to. There, there was a lot of. I mean, when when did they not throw cars or cautions for cars lighting up the track with smoke on the back stretch? Like that's that's a clear call. Even six months like removed from the Indianapolis race, um, where someone just like kissed the outside wall and they threw a caution flag for that. It's it's like oh, people forget that not every single track has that super speedway mentality when throwing cautions. It was just, I, it's like I had no problem with it. I wish it didn't happen. You know, it, like it was like at two Chastain, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and then so for anyone who that was, just decided that was clever, to, I like that one. Yeah, you're welcome, man. <laughs> See, no, I was I was raised with Shakespeare. My grandmother made me learn Shakespeare as a child, so. You know, I got those references hidden in my dumb guy brain. But um, for real, though, I, I just pitting that late in the race. I get it. Tires are important, but it's a two lap restart. I feel like I've seen this movie a lot. And usually Jimmy Johnson is the guy that parades at the end of it. So it was just like I, it was baffling to me that um, that call for everyone to come down pit road, because I feel like um, Blaney won that race off pit road of the four tire stops and was in 11th like. No matter how yeah, crazy the restarts get. And I mean, hindsight's always 20-20, but I was kind of going Thank into you. it saying, all right, there's going to be a restart with two or three to go. Why would you pit? There's no, I mean. I would like I just, to play Monday morning crew chief, though. That is my favorite job. I just, I don't know. If I'm in the lead with a restart with that few to go, I'm not going to pit. Unless it's a track with like, unless it's Auto Club or Homestead where there's literally so much fall off and you can go pretty much anywhere to pass and it's super wide like Vegas, it's getting there, but it's not there yet. So I don't know. It's, I mean, in hindsight, it's a bonehead call, but hmm. they were, I guess, assuming more people were going to come down and that's just part of it. Byron straight up was like, well, you know, I'm restarting in second, but I kind of want to go for that last place finish and ended up in 22nd. <laughs> That was um that was quite. I actually didn't know he fell that far. That's yeah, the official. He was in twenty second. Be a good bot. Have you become sentient, Craig? This this better be titled Craig is not a Joey Logano fan. I don't think he is. I'm um, just trying to he it says he recorded prior. Okay, so I'll fix that. Um okay. oh, now I anyways. split it. Okay, sick. Um Okay, so anyways, where were we? We were talking about how uh Crew chiefs are dumb, but it's only the second race of the season, so that'll happen. Some crew chiefs aren't dumb. Uh, Todd Gordon is still pretending that he is Joey Logano's crew chief, so he's not that dumb. Well, if you think about it, Paul Wolf was kind of dumb because he was telling Logano to pit, and then Logano was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then ended up winning the race because of it. Joey Logano pretends not to hear his crew chief. Joey Logano has left the chat. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um... Well, what what else do we have from this race? Minus just incredible action throughout the uh, field. I mean, Matt Benedetto finished in second. He did. Yay! Hey, his second second place finish of his career too. Yeah, this one was a lot different because he didn't 
lose the race he kind of snuck in there but i mean p2 is a p2 i know this isn't really a last car thing but this is more of a steve lavender thing but he still is like one win away from finishing in all 43 positions throughout his career which is very remarkable still wait what no i believe so yeah i'm, I'm almost certain this no, could be my one third or fifth i know we got a fourth place somewhere but he hasn't really sniffed the top five that much whatever yeah Oh well, yeah, um, the statistic there. That's always that's always fun to track. It is fun to track. Yeah. Hey, Brock, can you move the mic a little closer to you again? It's like, oh yeah, yeah. My, no my, worries. My mic just... stand broke this week, so I'm afraid I'm Oof. I'm going. Uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of flexibility here. No, you're good. You're good. I use like trucker headphones, so honestly, it's like I'm always just have a booming voice when I do this. Um. Oh, so uh, we had one... our first um race since I want to say it was. 2011 at Las Vegas, I think I read that only one Toyota finished in the top 15. That's preposterous. Crazy. And Eric Jones felt like an absolute <laughs> non-factor all day. Yeah, him and did, did you guys know Cole Custer is a rookie? I because did not know that. Can you I don't tell think me I've more? Seen him at all in the uh, the first two weeks? I would like to subscribe to more Cole Custer facts. Yeah, I mean like. He got a top 20, I guess, at the end, but I literally, they showed him, um, getting, I don't know, some battle for like 25th. And I was like, oh yeah, he's in this race. And like, I get it early, but I've at least acknowledged the other rookies. Like, I've seen John Hunter Nemechek is leading the rookie points right now. John Hunter Nemechek, rookie of the year right here. That's my, that's my guy. I mean, Brennan held his own too. Brennan pulls ahead of the big three in points right now. Let it be That's, known. Wow. Things you didn't expect to hear that right there. Brock, were you were you saying something? I'm not sure. Oh no, I was just chiming in that okay. yeah, I I'm impressed with John Hunter Nimichek too. Obviously a good racing family there and everything, but they're um uh making it work there, the thirty eight team. It says a lot about the thirty four car right now if John Hunter Nimichek is actually being able to hold his own on a restart for the most part. They gotta, they they gotta start pulling their weight there in the back end. Um, let's round out this race real quick so we can get to some more stuff. So I want to give a shout out to Stenhouse, by the way. Um, just killing it right now, finish with third place finish. Brian Patty's a mad scientist. I think that's oh, for he, sure. Like it didn't work the first time. So what does he do? He's like, ah, we'll try it again, and it worked. <laughs> if it, and, and I really feel terrible for Ryan Priest. I don't know what happened. He was in second place, and the car just broke. It's a real, real shame that the engine just gave out for him. I guess it's what's saying on Racing Reference. Yeah, it's I hate when that happens, but it happens. <laughs> oh, Christopher Bell got hit with a penalty. That's right. It's why he's negative six this weekend. He didn't even come out positive this week. That's really hard to do. That is tough. That is very hard to do. That's actually impressive. I'm not gonna lie. So, <laughs> does that mean technically Christopher Bell finished in last? Then, if he came out with the least amount of points. We're just oh, doing this to our last representative. It's always it's always tricky when it comes to that. That's I ended up having to actually construct the legal definition of the of last place <laughs> finisher for what I what I qualify it as because uh but yeah basically it's just yeah whatever shows up in the last uh last classified position in the uh the, the results so that would Fair include like, did not start or something like that but it wouldn't include uh, the person with least points exactly. Daniel Suarez is really going for it on lap one, though. I'll tell you what, that car just did oh, not Oh, gosh, that's so exciting. 
so exciting. I mean, I, I hate it so much for him. I mean, he's had literally yeah. the worst start that you could possibly have to miss the mm-hmm. 500 with a wrecked car, come into this one and then almost not even start the thing. So, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, hopefully he'll bounce back. He's got some cool gloves and shoes for the, the Kobe Bryant tribute this weekend. And maybe that'll be a bit of good luck there for him. Really excited for that this weekend. I, I really love what they did with Ryan Blaney and William Byron's car. I haven't seen anything oh, yes. else just yet but we'll we'll get to we'll get to fontana in a minute so um also want to shout out uh jimmy johnson who was hanging around all day got a nice top five out of today austin dylan career high at vegas fourth bubba finishing in sixth like awesome job for bubba and that was a nice looking car i will say bubba seems the low-key always you didn't like it no i said that was nice yeah oh i thought i thought you were going against me again as usual um Bubba just seems to always have nice schemes. Um, Kyle Larson finishes in ninth. Harvick, everyone was saying Harvick probably is going to like have the biggest advantage on that last restart. Ends up in ninth or eighth, I'm sorry. And Ty Dillon, a top ten. That's 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 two times stage winner to you, Ty Dillon. That's his first ever top ten on a mile and a half track. And we also had For nine him. different organizations in the top ten. Awesome. I love that parody. NASCAR is on its shit this year. I love it. And the, the weird thing is, Joe Gibbs is not part of that. <laughs> I'm loving it. Feed me more. Uh, All right. Just... So, overall race grade, I'm going to give that in... Well, the, the finish sucked, but I'm still going to give that an 8.8. I had a great time. And yeah, that race Jake blew by, too. Could have been like a 10 or like a 9, 8 if it had gone green and we had saw hmm. like that, the battle between um, Blaney and Bowman, but also give it like a, a nine because it was a good race throughout. And like, yeah, the finish wasn't great, but yeah. I, I'd, I'd take a, we'll take a race any day with 95% of it being amazing with a lackluster finish, then single file. And then a hmm. green white checkered, amazing finish. There were so many factors going on during this race that like would have affected the outcome. I mean, you had you had Truex blowing a tire, getting into the wall. Um, you had uh, Chase Elliott just valve spring or, or whatever, just breaking. I it wasn't a valve spring, was it? Valve stem. Valve stem. Thank you. Um, <laughs> English English is hard, bud. I, I didn't mm-hmm. pass it much in high school. Um, you had just all this crazy stuff going on, and Logano ends up winning. Also, I want to say like. Um, Johnson like absolutely just ate the outside wall and did not blow a tire. So I don't, I don't know what happened there. Cause usually that will absolutely just destroy your tire. So maybe, maybe Johnson's luck is finally turning around. The walls are rigged for him in his final season. That's fair. That's fair. They're, they're, they're giving him the Tony Stewart treatment. I get it. <laughs> um, anything else guys? The cop race now just solid. Hopefully we can get something like that. And uh, when they Brock, go back gotta... there in, you got a rating for this? I'm sorry, I completely forgot that I didn't oh, let no you worries. rate it. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you guys about you know about between a 8.5 and a nine there. I think that was solid. It would have been nice to see the finish. I think Bowman <laughs> had the best car at the end too. But uh, you know, I at the end of the day, it almost seems middling in comparison. I think it was I think it was overall really entertaining. I think I'll go with what uh, he said. I'll give it a nine as well. Um, <laughs> you guys are very you guys are very else I can add. Thank you, thank you. Thank There's you nothing else are. I can add. <laughs> Methy, add some smart ass remark. That's what we bring you here for these days. Besides your beautiful voice. All I know is uh Brad Keslowski's probably like, what the hell's going on? How Keslowski is, is probably sitting real pretty right now with uh these rumors that are going around. But we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll 
We'll touch on that. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. I was, I was just trying no, to build no, no. into that. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, do you sorry. want? Do you want to make a joke? Do you want to make a joke about it? No, that was my joke. Keselowski's pissed and he's leaving. <laughs> Damn, bro, you got the whole squad laughing. All right, moving All right. on. Moving to, on. We ha- to the longest. We had, uh, yeah, I was gonna say we had a uh, very long Xfinity race where Joe Graff Jr. led for over a day. Um, let that huh. let that sink in. Um, is he I will say I found the best driver a, in the Xfinity field? I mean, he's led the most amount of hours so far this season. We'll do forget that. Yeah, is he have more hours led than Will Byron though? On iRacing or in general? Ooh, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I did not think about that. I will Tell say I found a very interesting statistic: the but two races it? that have so far this year gone from like starting on one day to ending the next day. Both of the drivers who were in the lead at the time of the red flag finished twentieth. Man, this would have been great if I could have heard it. You didn't hear that? Oh, you just completely went robot on my end. Oh shoot. Yeah, okay. So I said the um both the drivers who were leading at the red flag, they both finished twentieth in their respective races. Ooh. That's I don't know what that means, but there's definitely no, that, something that, going that's on a, there. That's a bad, that's a bad omen right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll start my Stenhouse own house at the 500, and then uh, yeah, Joe Graff now. This is a weird omen. I'm looking at some of these stats right now. Um, apparently for the cup race, I didn't even see this. There were seven, 14.1 uh, passes per green flag lap. That is wow. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that is some. Also, that NASCAR loop data. Wow, that is. That is some next level nerd stats for me. Thank you very much, NASCAR, for that. Um, good lord. Okay, so um, but yeah, Chase well, hey Briscoe. Guys, shout out to him. Yeah, Chase Briscoe. Hey, shouts out Chase Briscoe. Third win. We have no idea what he's good at because he's won on a road course. He has won on a short track, and now he has won on a mile and a half. And he looks pretty he's good consistent. At everything. I maybe. Maybe, or maybe he's terrible at super speedways and he did finish second. So I don't, I don't know. I can't trust him on that yet. Not yet. I'm just, he's going to be my pick for the rest of the season for the Xfinity series. <laughs> he does look Blanket. damn good. And that car. Oh, that Xfinity, <laughs> that Shelby GT350, blue and white, number 98, black roundel. Oh, that was gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I did. I, I'm I did. a Mustang guy. I'm a Mustang no. guy. Shelby's, I just, oh, it's gorgeous. But he's perfect. It's fine. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh let's uh go over to Brock's let's go over to Brock's side of the, the world with um let's I'm curious, what are your take on start and park, guys? Like I'm very curious about this. Well it's a it's a it's a good question. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, start and parks you still see them, especially in the Xfinity series, uh here and there in the truck yeah. series as well. You know, I think at the end of the day, if if they qualify for the race and they and they, you know, pass inspection and everything else, they deserve to be out there just as much as anybody else. I know that there's been a lot of track promoters in particular that uh, don't seem to like them too much. But uh, the other thing, too, is it keeps a lot of these drivers still out there, keep their names still out there. I mean, look Mm -hmm. at uh, Jeff Green, for example, the all time last place record holder. Uh, he, uh, when he gets to the super speedways, uh, he's a real factor for the win, which is why it was such a bummer that. Uh, they had to work out that deal with colleague racing and that he wasn't able to run uh, the race at Daytona there. Apparently they worked out a deal where uh, Jeff's going to run uh, uh, the race again at Phoenix here in, uh, during the West coast swing. But 
Uh, it's unfortunate because, you know, he's so much better at the plate races and capitalizing on it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, and the other thing is, too, I just I think they're just the most interesting teams, too. I mean, you just you know, they're they're usually very small organizations, uh, not a lot of people working on the crews. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've, I've talked with Sebastian LaForge, uh, who's had a lot of, uh, news on him lately, uh, working there with, uh, motorsports business management and just really cool down to earth guys. And, uh, you know, if anything, it'd be great if they had more exposure. For sure. We had the, uh, classic 89 car finishing in last for anyone who was wondering for the expanding race landing castle and Daniel Hemrick was close. He was coming for it. Um, and poor Daniel Hemrick, just absolutely no luck. It feels like this last year and a half. It's 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 been tough for him. It yeah, has. he uh, he made it farther in this race than he did in Daytona, so I'll give him that, but not by much. <laughs> well, sometimes it's it's little steps, you know. You try to get as far <laughs> as you can, but yeah, I, I yeah, all the problems he's been having and. Losing that ride to Reddick, which you know perhaps was inevitable with Reddick's championships, <laughs> but um, you know hopefully he'll land on his feet here. I, I know that ride's been good for people like Ryan Truex and Jeb Burton, so mm -hmm. uh, he'll get another track, another crack at it. Mm -hmm. uh, obligatory Jeb, um, Jeb, Jeb. I love that man. Um, all right, so guys, I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, it's probably a bad idea to do something sketchy while you have the helmet cam on. I'm not sure about that though. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that uh, that replay to surface. <laughs> oh man, at least uh, at least Myatt Snyder was a was a somewhat good sport about it. Uh, didn't didn't throw any fists, talked it out, and then uh, left Gragson hanging. So you know, avoided. Yeah, I guess do it. if you got yeah, beef, no, leave him hanging. Yeah, dude, it's only the second race this season. If you're gonna show up, Gragson, show him off, show him out on the track. I mean, it sucks that Myatt is not going to do full season because I'm starting to come around on this guy. I didn't really think much of him when he was in the trucks, and he's honestly making a believer out of me this year. Like, he's looked pretty decent. It's a shame how yeah, his first I mean, two races have gone. He, uh, he's gotten wrecked in two races. Mm -hmm. So, you can't no, really I mean, do he much came, about he that. came down on Gregson. It, it was the wind. It was the wind. Yeah, the wind that brought Gregson's car up an entire lane. Hey, when that happens. It's a real shame. Yeah. Gragson I mean, was really vocal about it on Twitter that night. That night of old things. He did not even I, wait. I will say, I, like, Myatt's done good, but I am waiting to see how he does in a race where he doesn't start first. Because <laughs> he's That's done fair. that in both races uh, in this car, see, so. see what he has to deal with in actual uh, restart traffic or starting traffic, I guess. Yeah, just, like, making his way up through the field. And that, we, we know that car's good since it literally won the championship last year. Um, we'll see what Anthony Alfredo does with it uh, next week. Or this I'm excited week. for Chicken Marinara guy. Yeah, he's it's gonna yeah. be a good weekend. Mm. Qu quick question: How how y'all boys like your uh, chicken Alfredo? Do you guys like it with uh, spaghetti, uh, penne? You guys are you uh, Mad Men and like rigatoni? I actually gotta be like that linguine for sure, man. Linguine, oh, uh, a man of class here. Macaroni. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm sorry that you're a child. <laughs> Macaroni. You ask a stupid question, you get a stupid answer. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? Just trying to have a little bit of fun. I'm, I won't make any slide remarks anymore. Um, but yeah, shouts out Briscoe. Um, Ryan Sieg also third place finish. Good for him. Um, yeah, he was running great. See, good to see the 39 car out there. You know, I was worried that Sieg might take a step back this year, and he's he's holding his own. Good to see that. And our boy 
Lord and Savior Brand Jones finishes six. Very average. <laughs> did anyone did anyone else notice in the broadcast how they were hyping up um, Ryan Sieg as the only team with a set of fresh tires, and then they all came down pit road and got fresh tires? Was that anybody else notice that? That does sound like the Fox booth. Yeah, like they talked about it for so long. Like, oh man, if there's caution coming out, he's gonna win this race, and everyone comes down, and they all have a set of tires, and we're all just like, wait, what? <laughs> they were confused like, about how many tires they had. Yeah, so I was a little mad about that. But besides, also, that, yeah. I, I didn't catch um the race after actually um uh the cup race. Well, you know, I had to record the cup race, and then I had the unfortunate um problem of not recording the Xfinity race, thinking it was on Fox. So. Uh, Ah, yeah, classic. Uh, I ended up watching about an hour of the Lego Builder show before I realized uh, there's no Xfinity race on this channel. You didn't have fast forward. That's a good show, though. You... No, it is a great show. I will, yeah, I will, will blindly advertise that Lego Masters is fire. Um, yeah, I messed that one up, but uh, yeah, I didn't get to see if Austin Dillon stayed in the booth or not. I'm, I have to assume he did he not. He actually did. <laughs> oh, he came back. That's dedication. Yeah, I, know, right? I respect it. That Austin is dedication. Dillon, Shout Austin out. Dillon, dedication shouts out. Ryan Blaney, they couldn't even keep him in the Arca booth for more than like 10 minutes. He was so bored. Yeah, well, that's Arca for Arca. you. Even though that was a good race. That was a good race. Yeah. Blaney leaves and then they all wreck and Blaney's like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> all right, moving on to trucks. I've left an Arca race before. <laughs> I don't think I, I can... I, as a race fan, leave while it's still going on. Like, I can do with other sporting events because yeah. you know, but like, you never know in racing. Best two football games, win or lose, I was always leaving by the end of the third. <laughs> now, this ARCA race at Chicago, and my dad and I were sitting in the stands and they kept wrecking and wrecking to the point where we we're like, right? they're going to wreck in turn two. And then we were wrong because they wrecked before they took the green. And then they <laughs> took 20 minutes to clean that up. And then they wrecked again into one. And then it was like repeatedly doing that. Like, uh, you want to go? <laughs> ah, oh, seven ish. This is Arca break. Like Arca breaks. Yeah, they, they had none. <laughs> they were like, just, just, just stop using the accelerator. That might help you. It was when uh, the IndyCar was racing there the same weekend. Oh, wow. so that okay. Had to, that had to be 8, 9, 10-ish. Okay, so let, can, we, can we move on to trucks, though, and just get this yeah. over and done? Okay, cool. Um, well, let's, let's start with the major story. Um, Natalie Decker is two for two this year on not crashing. That the is goat. just a round, round of applause for Natalie Decker right now. She is killing the game. Um, uh, I, the simulation is absolutely broken. Um, and Kyle Busch dominated, led 108 laps. Anything else? I think it's impressive nope. how you can do so good that people start putting bounties on you. Yeah, I respect that's that. Gonna, that is going to make me watch the um, actual races, though, that he's in again, because <laughs> I am genuinely curious. A, are we going to get any cup, uh, other cup guys down there? And B, is this going to motivate any of the um, regulars to go after him and and actually, you know, do something here because we have seen like Kyle Bush is not completely untouchable. Bristol races in the past. He has like had some people like, you know, to compete with it obviously comes at sometimes his mistakes, but like it, it, he's not completely untouchable in this series. All, all I'm saying is I want to see Kevin Harvick out there because he was the one that started all this. So he better finish it. Bring it back. Mm-hmm. 
Oof, those were the glory well, days. Talk the talk. Walk that walk, please. I'm so down for it. What was his old number in the trucks? 92? Oof, that's before my time. Talk, we have Harvick you here. Or... Yeah, Kevin Harvick in the trucks. He had the, the two and the 33 with his own team, I think. Hmm. Before then, that, though, in like 99. Before that. Ooh, I, I know he drove for he Wayne Spears. Spears truck. Yeah. Wasn't the Spears truck that? I did not know. Yeah, when I say before my time, that's literally before I was born. So I think he has a 98, <laughs> like really far back, even before the Spears one. Yeah, I, I seem to remember him being in a red. I didn't follow the truck series that much back then, but I, I remember him being in, like in a red truck briefly. Was it the number 84 Porter Cable truck? Looking at 98 right now. Okay, maybe maybe that's it. 75. He was in the 75 Spears in 98. Um, Try to do it without looking at it. Very underrated uh, paint scheme. And then he was in the 98. So it was 98 and 99 for Jim Herrick. I think I said that right. This is, oh, okay. I, I read this incorrectly. They started at Homestead back then. Wow, that I did not know. Oh, there we go. Jim Herrick. That's a team that uh, Kenny Irwin drove for afterwards. So, uh, oh, or, shit, or, or, or actually, I guess before before that, that was 97, 98. Yeah, because he was Rick. Oh, yeah, the Ray Bestas truck. I remember that one. Yeah, that one. Exactly. Uh, Kenny Irwin drove that. Um, looking at other drivers, Harvick, Mar- uh, Wayne Anderson. Why do I know that name? Because he's driven in Cup a couple times and he's that's one what of I the thought. He was before my time. Florida. He was he was before my time. I started watching like late two thousand one. So <laughs> we are children. Sorry, Brock. Uh, no worries. We well, are we are we are adamant children. Okay, nothing I'm, else. I'm, from I'm a legit child, but besides that, yeah. No, uh, other than that, I mean, Vegas weekend looked like a good crowd. Ratings were good, so positive it, overall. This could lead into one thing though. Um, Angela Rutch um, spinning out in qualifying, <laughs> and then um, just. I don't even know whatever happened occurred after that is just it's some of the greatest copy pasta I've seen in years. Yeah, let, let's let Matthew take the lead on this because he did a little the, the, the Twitter war this week. So Matthew, why don't you give us a quick rundown? Oh, I loved it. Uh, Angela Ruck either allegedly blew a tire, but it all looks like she just missed a shift, went from third to second while getting up on Money the for her qualifying lap. Oh yeah, and she launched it and dumped herself. On her outlap, uh, Parker Kligerman did a uh, retweet with a quote saying that they need to raise the entry level or the skill level or requirements for running in one of the top three series. And four days later, her account her account said, hey, dipshit, I blew a tire, <laughs> went on and on and on about being a scrawny-ass boy who could never get any girls in high school. And then she deleted that tweet and said it was her husband tweeting it, and he was very defensive. And now he's got his own Twitter, so she'll leave his alone. It's how about I missed a shift? How about something as simple as I missed a shift? Dale Jr. missed a shift at Pocono twice in the same weekend. Mm -hmm. Guy. Bubba missed a shift. Oh, that was my favorite one. Jr. blew that up twice. I sent him the little emoji or the little picture. Oh, that was you? That was me, yeah. Nice. (laughs) And that was his uh, Twitter bio profile pic for the weekend. I remember that. That's my uh, claim to fame, I guess, if you want to call it. Oh, Matthew. Yeah, that was was a good weekend. 
that was a fun weekend. Mm-hmm. But it happens. Uh, Junior went from third to second, launched twice. Bubba did it. It happens. How about, yeah, I screwed up. My bad. Junior's done it twice. And that would have been the end of it. But no. Uh, hey, dipshit, you're a scrawny <laughs> kid who couldn't get laid in high school. <laughs> what the what? fuck did you just fucking say, you little piece of shit? I'll have you know that I have over 200 confirmed kills. So well, have necessary. done with that. But hey, dipshit! That's going to be my common response to pretty much everything now. That's <laughs> beautiful. Oh man, that was it was a good time had by all. Good time had by all, and that wasn't that was not the end of it. That was there's there's still more to talk about. Somehow NASCAR decided to go full blown reality TV this week. That uh, was awesome. Where should we start? Want to go with Utter? Oh, I want to go on in on Utter. So, oh. um, we had an interesting um post race uh interview conference uh, press conference where joey logano was asked a question that just sounded like word vomit um it was by david debello am i saying that right am i getting that right doesn't really matter who it was jim utter decides to um tweet that it's um just basically going on about it and then finish it with probably just a barstool thing which uh not that's usually kind of like just kind of provoking a bull and then getting like a bull with like the biggest horns and like a parade of a hundred bulls behind him just coming at you because that's that's basically what happens so now jim utter has been cyber bullied to death essentially by barstool and the uh, king of the memes uh vin dog whoever uh, that guy is um and yeah now we had a twitter war between uh barstool nascar and non-barstool nascar anyone who's ever listened to this podcast know where i stand guys take it away yeah, I'm not like a Barstool guy per se, but in the year or so that they've been here with the sport, I can firmly say they've done more than Jim Utter has done or will ever do. <laughs> so, like, kind of know your place on that. What, well, like, don't even start it. Like, he brought himself into that. He deserved it. Mark Anthony DeBello. Sorry, I wanted to get the credit right for that guy because he's living yeah, rent free in a lot of these guys' head. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, I'm not, I've, as someone who knows what it takes to get like credentialed into media, it's not super hard if we're being completely literally, honest. I, I couldn't do it. They wouldn't let me do it. And they're letting this doofus do it. I could well, ask the real questions. They let, if you're like a YouTuber, they let you do it. Um, okay, you can get credentialed, can't you? Right. Yeah, I, I do, but I don't do it under under the guise with YouTube. I do it through my uh, website, through lastcar.info. So that's I'm, what I'm doing wrong. I need a website. <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i mean i'm not much of a barstool guy either but yeah i mean i i agree with what you're saying here that you know that it's you know they they do have a very big presence and i think that it, it's an unfortunate situation the way that all played mm-hmm. out because you on the one side you know you are you are aware that barstool does you know it does kind of take a different approach with their media uh work uh, but at the same time, you should also be aware that when they're ever threatened, uh, they're going to really lash out and, and bring oh, yeah. their, their horde on there. So it's, it's, it's an unfortunate situation. I, I kind of view it as kind of an, an unstoppable force, immovable object thing, because <laughs> both Barstool and Utter kind of have their own conflicting uh, notorieties. And this is just, it, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, Utter's notoriety not is blocking people. Yeah, I well, literally exactly. exactly. Yeah, I, I never interacted with him on my old Twitter account, R.I.P. Jimmy Tortellini. Um, but like 
I was blocked by him. I don't know how I got blocked from him. I, I never once tweeted at him or anything, but I just went to go look up something and said, you have been blocked. I'm like, wow. Like, is this man my ex-girlfriend? Like, what the fuck is going that's, on? Here? That's what you get for existing, man. You know, I was existing. And again, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I've I, done work in the media center. I haven't interacted with, with, with Jim that much. I mean, I haven't had any problems with him or anything. So, you know, on, on you know, there's nothing, you know, real concern I have on that side. But I think what really this is, perhaps, you know, I mean, without digging too deep into this, is I think there's definitely a... Uh, an issue where you have, you know, traditional media outlets, print media mm -hmm. online and stuff like that. And then these newcomers coming in and, you know, there's, there's some friction there. And I think there's some people like Gluck, for example, that are, are very open to inviting, you know, YouTubers and stuff like that in there. And maybe there are others that don't feel that same way. And so uh, hopefully this doesn't become more common, but I, I think mm -hmm. that there's a possibility it, it, it might, unfortunately. Yeah, it's not gonna end here, I'm sure. And I feel really bad that Matt Weaver had to get involved in it because, like, yeah, Matt's actually Matt's a, a cool guy. Matt's a cool guy. Like, it, I I didn't want to see Barstool attacking him, but like, he also was coming after them, and they they defend their brand and, and bless them. They have to, like, you know, people constantly are always at their necks, and they have to fight back like a a, a rattlesnake to to make sure that people aren't attacking them. And it, it's a mess. It's a shitty mess, but I stand on my side of the line and I know a lot of people want to stay in the middle and it's, it, it's just, it's tough, but you know, definitely made for some interesting content. I will say that there was a lot of interesting stuff I was seeing and a lot of people angry online. I had a lot of, a uh, lot of older folks yelling at me on twitter.com. <laughs> well, so you can defend your brand, but you will never defend anything as much as, um, Matt Weaver's girlfriend defends him on Twitter. Bless her. <laughs> I, I, like, I I wish I had that. Good for her for being... Doesn't care about facts or anything. Just I'm here to support my mans. Right, wrong, um, indifferent. She's got his back. God do. bless him. You gotta respect that, right? Alright. Um, I, think, I think at first it was Mark Anthony DeBello was well, the guy I who said asked that. the ridiculous question. And I think we're utter messed up was not saying probably a barstool thing because barstool has done some pretty ridiculous stuff. Let's mm -hmm. nobody can, can deny of, that. Can, oh, yeah. That's name five off the but, top of my head, especially with the NFL. But the issue was when he replied to somebody with the one word response of yawn. <laughs> oh, you've awoke you've there. That's when it was yawn. Barstool has done a lot of brought a lot of new eyes to the sport and i think we should thank them for that their methods and methodology may be a little uh questionable to some unorthodox to most but it is putting eyes on the sport so is it worth it is it a he healthy trade-off it's bringing more eyes to the sport because how many people are now following barstool racing uh, uh -huh. or the podcast with uh clint boyer and uh, el presidente to this podcast being the barstool podcast yeah, yeah i haven't they, gotten a chance to listen to that podcast but it's actually very know. solid clint boyer is wonderful in any situation like i love clint yeah he's a wonderful personality so i'm looking forward to seeing that but it's next year yawn <laughs> you respond yawn and then you block him what do you think he's gonna do of course he's gonna screenshot it and well here's what happened here we go and it yeah. was on from there and then just when it was starting to slow down, Weaver defended his fellow journalist. Very respectful, 
respectable thing to do. Hmm. Uh, but I think he fell on a grenade for someone who wasn't worthy of falling on a grenade, if that makes any sense. And yes. of course, we've yes, <laughs> I've seen the first Captain America movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thinking about that. <laughs> Were you thinking about that also? <laughs> I was. Dude, great I don't remember the first Captain America. <laughs> Excuse me for one real quick moment, gentlemen. My daughter is calling for me. I shall be right back. Father of the year, Jeremy Methfield, everyone. Um, okay, Amen so to that. Thank you. Brock, Brock, you got anything to say? I know that we kind of went on a little barstool circle jerk here. No, that's that's fine. I mean, that's right. you know, it, it's it's I, I tried to kind of stay out left. of it when the whole thing happened and and you know it was uh it's just an unfortunate situation. I, I don't mm-hmm. like seeing any any media member having to go through that because I know how difficult it is to gain a reputation and feel comfortable in there and and do the, you know do all that. But it is an ever changing landscape, and I think that you have to handle things with a little bit of tact. And uh, I I think regardless, and I think the other problem with a lot of this too with the barstool thing is I think especially when Weaver came on board. And again, I like Weaver. I don't have any problem yeah, with him. I respect. I think a lot. Of- yeah, I think I think the problem, though, that came up in this particular instance is that a lot of people viewed who was right in this situation based on whether or not they liked Barstool for any mm-hmm. reasons beyond this. And mm-hmm. so I think that, you know, and, and I think that's why Weaver in particular was um, dealing with what he was dealing with and, and, and not, you know, not to justify it. I, I, I still don't agree with the methods that were taken, but um, I think that 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 kind of has a role in, in all this, too. So I. You know, we got we got to be flexible. We got to be flexible and work with this. And again, if if it really does turn out the bar stools in the wrong, then the the free market is going to handle that. People are going to get tired of it, and they're going to fall out of favor. And maybe somebody like an utter or a weaver is going to be back in you know in control again. And if not, but the people on the other side have to be careful because if then it, that doesn't happen, then it's going to go the other direction. And that's what we all have to be careful of. Mm-hmm. All right, so cool. Um, let's see what else. I, th- I think that we can move along to actually talking to Brock about real questions. So, for anyone tuning in that wanted to skip all the barstool stuff, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> um, all right, so Brock, let's talk about um a couple of major things that are kind of eating at me this season. Who should I be focused on to win the 2020 last car championship? Ooh, let's just that right is in. a great question. Very good question. Uh, my goodness, it's it seems really wide open because uh, um, uh, I wouldn't have thought this after Daytona because that's, you know, it's a crapshoot. You never know what's going to happen. But at Vegas, uh, you know, even despite Ryan Blaney's comment, uh, complaints about lap traffic, there weren't a whole lot of drivers at the back of the field that were that far off of the uh, uh, competition there, being that far off the pace. Um, I think, you know, that's, there's certainly Rick Ware's team had a lot of last place finishes last year. It looks like, uh, their current group could perhaps continue that motorsports business management, trying to stretch things with, uh, with Timmy Hill, uh, kind of perhaps the growing pains of focus more on the cup side. If I were to bet, I would, I would, you know, I, I, I wouldn't put money on it, but I, I would say that probably it's going to go to either a Rick Ware team or a Carl Long team. Uh, maybe Starcom is a far outside pick. Like seeing uh, BJ McLeod got it last year. I was just looking over these champions. Um, so, what are the? Um, I guess how how do I characterize this? Because not every single driver is going to do all thirty six. Matthew, if you can find someone to take that prop bet, please. I I want you to do it. I really want you to do that. 
Um, um, we've got the last last car guy guru here. He should put out some odds for some season long. Yeah, come on, be an odds maker, Let's... real quick, Brock. <laughs> well, if I if I were better at math, I'd be able to give you a more accurate uh, thing there. I gotta I gotta use. Uh... <laughs> I like to say it's like five to one here and seven to one there, but uh, I probably get it all backwards. Terrible there. odds. Those are absolutely terrible odds. I won't take those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I found someone who I found a website that took Stenhouse five hundred to one to win the five hundred when he was already on the poll. So I, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need crazy odds like that if I'm gonna that play is pretty this good. Game. Um, so I'm just looking through this how you set this up. So is there like a specific amount of starts you need to have, or like how does this work exactly? Because like I'm not really certain um like what the qualifications would be because i know especially in the mid 2000s you had drivers that would just come in for a couple of races and then bounce like they were just seat like 50 cars would come to qualifying and and are, are you asking like uh, how the last car championships determined or i guess like what would be like the qualifications do you have to run all the races in order to be like like a oh, part yeah, of this or Good question. Yeah, the way the way we set it up is uh, well, Royal. We it's really pretty much pretty much a one man operation. All this we do, but we do have <laughs> more correspondent. Um, but uh, really, the way I set it up is that it it the award for the championship is a framework to continue to keep talking about drivers who finished last more than once in a season. And the so the focus really is to win the championship. You just have to have the most last place finishes, and sometimes that could be a guy like B.J. McLeod that didn't run necessarily all the races uh but the way that we uh, ensure that it's uh it's not always a driver like that is by uh, having tiebreakers uh because potentially you could have very easily uh have uh last year was a pretty good example of this uh, have three or four drivers that you know get the most last place finishes and who wins the title um that's where i look at like bottom five and bottom 10 finishes so uh you know finish back to you know either 34th or back to 29th or however many cars are in the field um that's a tiebreaker and that tends to favor drivers that make more starts than somebody else so if you had a guy like for example last year chase elliott had a lot of bad luck down the stretch but it you know it's hard to say that you know a guy that was just almost in the championship four would be the last car champion um he would have been if he had the most overall but in the tiebreaker, he would have lost to BJ McLeod for being in, you know, the bottom end of the field more frequently. So that's really basically how that's determined. Kevin, take over real quick. I'm going to ask um, two questions and you can go. And yeah, no, I, don't I always love asking uh, this question whenever someone new comes onto the podcast. How did you discover NASCAR? Uh, you know, it's a good. Uh, you know, I, I think that really it's gosh how did i discover nascar itself I, you know <laughs> it, it's it's uh it's kind of a weird thing um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna date myself here on this but uh i grew up as a huge thomas the tank engine fan so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, so did i <laughs> yeah so growing up uh you know the, the way that you know the whole show set up there it's like okay it's names it's numbers it's colors every every character is identified by their names their numbers and colors and i think by you know, the nineties when I was, you know, still, you know, that age, uh, you know, NASCAR appealed to me the same way names, numbers, and colors, you know, it's always gonna be Rick mass in the number one car and it's black and white. It's going to be uh, Ricky Rudd in the five car and it's orange and white. And, and I think that was the first step that the, the paint schemes really attracted me and then the crashes and then the competition. And then really after that, the history. Um, and then by that point, uh, by like the mid to late nineties, I was just, you know, basically at the same level, you know, just 
following it that I that I have since then. I honestly, I think you did, like just sparked something inside myself because that would explain a lot why I like it because I did grow up the same way like Thomas the Tank Engine, numbers, names, colors. That's I've never made that correlation before, but <laughs> that's, yep, that's I think awesome. it's had a aha moment. Uh, <laughs> makes so much sense. I think that's why I end up liking NASCAR more than maybe like IndyCar or Formula One because you can see the numbers a lot easier versus like an IndyCar or something. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I assume that's how it came about. I, I that, still don't know who's who in Formula One, if we're being honest. Like whenever they say, oh, someone spins, I'm like, do they though? They have the exact same car for each other. So it's like I'm surprised the announcers ever get it right. Like, yeah. All the time. They're pretty good at it, and I respect them for it. Um, no, Kevin, if you, you look at the going. helmets or the T-bar up top, it's easy that's fair that's fair if you have like like perfect 2020 vision and also microscopes for for eyes all right i got i got another one so should i steal your your question anthony or leave that for you if it's the question i think it is i'm gonna slap you through the computer but go all for right, it so i can i can i can take that so if you could go back in time and go I'd like to, to say kevin's a dickhead Yes, go to one race or experience one race. Doesn't have to be NASCAR; it could be any series. Could be a damn foot race for all we care. One <laughs> race that you could go back and watch live, be there. What would it be? Ooh, yeah, that's. Um... I'll say it's Boy. a good question. That's my question. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an okay question. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, gosh, I mean, that's such. You know, there's there's so many. Just to just. Uh, well, you know, probably everybody would say this, but I would I would say the 1992 Hooters 500 in Atlanta. Um, or the first because... person to say that. I was going to say we've had a lot of 1998 Daytona 500s, whenever 92 Hooters really? 500. Okay, yeah. I, I would have guessed that would have been a more common answer. I mean, I, I I think really, especially knowing what I know now about what it's like being in you know the garage area and and, and working around through there and stuff, I think that would have been you know, especially if I could have been in that angle of it. Uh, I know Rick Houston. I think that was like his first job uh, at, the, at the Scene Vault podcast. There is is doing uh, that part of the '92 season, and and I, I think there was just there was so much going on. I mean, in terms, I I I like it when there's like a big entry list, and there's a lot of interesting drivers and teams that don't get talked about that much, and um, so much has been written on that race. But there's so much more that I want to know about it. So um, you know, like like about other competitors. I mean, there was uh, Bobby Hillen ran that race with Wrangler sponsorship on it and ran like a Dale Earnhardt throwback and it like never got talked about, you know, and you had ARCA drivers like Bob Schacht and stuff in the field and, and a real eclectic group. And each one of them got a a special money clip from Richard Petty to celebrate his last start. And like Rick Mast actually posted his uh, recently that showed that he was also the pole sitter of the race. (laughs) So uh, I always thought it'd be great to like track down all those money clips and, and find the story behind them. This is kind of a dumb question then. Have you or uh, NASCAR man done a video on the 92 uh, Atlanta race? We haven't done that yet. I know <laughs> so it's there it a lot of, <laughs> there's that. I mean, we're, we're always open to suggestions. I know uh, we've had a lot, uh, especially this week. Uh, and now that the season's uh, started again. We've had a lot of ideas come about, but uh, we're, we, you know, we're never, uh, we don't, we don't turn anything down. We got, we got things that we're, uh, you know, kind of putting our heads together on and, um, the Daytona 500 one we did on uh, from the ninety eight uh, the eighty eight season uh, turned out really well. I thought so. Was fantastic uh, that, was, one. that was an interesting one. No, oh, thank yeah. you. Oh yeah, no problem. Methy, you got any questions? For I just keep taking over. 
Uh, none that I can think of off the top of my head, except for what it's you said research. about that 98 Daytona 500. You've covered them all. Well, I would actually like to ask about <clears throat> more about the his J.D. McDuffie book and just yeah, some of the details oh, that some of us may not know because, I mean, I always knew him as the number 70 guy running in the back of the pack and as a, what were they called, journeyman? Never really in contention for the win, but he's always there hanging out in the back. And mm-hmm. I never knew anything more that more about him until he passed away. Absolutely. No, if you don't mind me asking, Bethy, how, how how far back do you go in the sport? Uh, my first race was the '88 Daytona 500. Okay, yeah. So you go you go further back than I do for sure. But yeah, that was I was six, and you know the '98 Daytona 500. This actually came up on Reddit in a thread about uh, what is your biggest regret in NASCAR. And my biggest regret in NASCAR was picking to go to the Pepsi 400 in 1998 instead of the Daytona 500. Oh, my memory recalls that's the one that was uh, postponed to wildfires, right? Yes, it was. And uh, oh. <laughs> so I, not only did I voluntarily miss, well, I didn't know it at the time, but I missed Earnhardt's one and only Daytona 500 passed up taking a behind-the-wheel driver's ed class to go to the Pepsi 400 in July, flew from Chicago to Orlando, met my grandpa down there. The race got canceled as we were driving to the hotel, oh. booked a flight the next day, and flew back to Chicago. So that was an all... But I did make it back to Daytona in October, so I good. did get to see Jeff Gordon oh, good, win the good. 97 500. The 98 400 and then i saw him win the 99 500 so i did get oh. to see my guy win three times in a row as a kid so that's pretty happy for me but so i mean you can say that you were at the first night race at daytona that's pretty cool yeah that's awesome but yeah both let's attempts. go back both attempts <laughs> yes. let's go back to the um Talking about JD McDuffie, you got a little off, off, off topic there for a second. Oh no, but... no, I was, yeah, I, I, I wanted to make sure I asked just to make sure, um, because again, you know, uh, your your memory, Methy of uh, of JD McDuffie. I mean, certainly that was a, a critical time in his career. In 1988, he had the fire at uh, Daytona, the Twin 125s, uh, when he didn't have uh, his driver gloves there and suffered serious burns and had to deal with that during the closing years of his career. Um, this is what just one of many stories that. Um, you know, uh, I've always been interested in with JD and, and, and a figure that really popped up over and over again in my research on last place finishers. It seemed like ever, uh, talking about drivers in the back of the field, uh, his name kept popping up, uh, from different, uh, time periods there. And, uh, it made me want to know more about him. And, and, you know, in, in point of fact, I'd, I'd, uh, you know, just kind of done my own, uh, research on the side, not really knowing what I was going to do with it exactly, but, um, after a while, I started getting in touch with some of his former crew members, uh, Marty Burke and uh, Mike Demiers, uh, were some of the first ones I talked to, uh, eventually got in touch with the family with, uh, Linda, uh, his daughter and, and Imogene McDuffie. And, uh, by then this book started coming together, um, and really just, just understanding a, a different, again, but much like what I was talking about with, um, you know, following the last place finishers and, and stuff even today, uh, drivers and teams that don't get talked about that much. And, and, tr- and I think there's a lot of mystery, uh, perhaps unnecessarily. So that was, that surrounded JD McDuffie's final race and his passing at Watkins Glen in 1991. And I wanted to kind of clear that up as well. So it really became kind of a, a, a project that, you know, really kind of picked up momentum and, and just trying to stay ahead of it there. And, and, uh, 
fortunately, I was able to find a publisher, Waldorf Publishing out of Texas, that uh, was very supportive of the project and, um, you know, allowed us to get it in print and make it real professional and everything. So, uh, again, yeah, just a figure I, I identify with, just blue-collar guy trying to make his name in the sport and, um, you know, and, and, and just staying in it for the love of the sport. And um, I, I hope that uh, it, it, the book's had a very positive response. Again, Dale uh, Jr. just mentioned it on his uh, podcast uh, yesterday. Uh, Mike Joy endorsed it. He was the first one to come through to endorse it uh, after it was published. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it's been a very positive experience, and I'm looking to do more projects like that. that. That's so awesome that you had Mike Joy endorsing it and, like, Jr. talking about it on the podcast. That's, that's huge, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, literally, I... I had the digital copy of it that my publisher sent me on the 4th of July uh, before the book came out. It was about a week and a half before it came out. I sent it out to like any immediate contacts I knew, including him. And literally the middle of the night, he sent me an email back. He was like, oh my gosh, I got to give you the quote like right now. I couldn't put it down. So <laughs> that that meant the world to me because I know he... I know that, you know, he know he knows his stuff backwards and forwards. And, um, you know, uh, if there was anything that was not going to be to the right standards, uh, um, you know, he would have let me know. So um, I really do appreciate that. Sure, um, anyone, because I'm definitely interested in reading about this, because like I obviously wasn't even alive when J.D. McDuffie um, sadly passed. And I mean, just looking at his career, I mean, he ran for 27 years and only led 162 laps in his entire career. You're not kidding about for the love of the sport. Like exactly. this guy really just went through a lot. I mean, he was the record uh, holder for most last place finishes until uh, Nemechek. Was that last year or the year before? Uh, see, so yeah, let me check. I think he broke the tie in 2014 or 2015, oh, I mean, thereabouts. There, so it was pretty recent. And then McDowell is now tied with Nemechek, so that's he's he's, exactly. he's right there. It's crazy. But um, for anyone else who would love to order this book, where can they find it at? Oh yeah, the best place to find it uh, is on Amazon. Uh, always make sure that they keep a stock of uh, the books available there. Uh, Amazon.com. Uh, just look up Brock Beard or JD McDuffie in the search results, and it'll pop right up. Uh, you could also get copies of my, uh, if you want your copy signed, I also have a few books in my inventory and those are available at lastcar.info. Uh, but definitely, uh, encourage, you know, again, even if you're not a racing fan or if you weren't around in that time, I tried very much to really capture that time period in the sport. So I think, uh, any student of uh, history of the sport would uh, very much enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate all that. Um, I wanted to ask a question that Methy kind of brought up that was on like Reddit. And I was like, wow, that's a great question. What is like your biggest regret in when it comes to racing? Because Methy's is like, that's that, oh, that one pained me listening to. Um, you know, it's gosh, I mean, there's, you know, it's I still feel like such a newbie in, 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 in some respects because I've only done the media side of it, you know, personally since like 2014. I would have mm -hmm. liked to have done maybe if there was a regret, it would have been starting that earlier and doing like a lot of the uh, uh, coverage back when, you know, the start and park teams were like bigger in the cup series at that yeah. time. I just didn't know that that was really an avenue that was available to me. I kind of took <laughs> some other career uh, choices there along the way. Weird. That, some weird fandom me. there yeah pretty much just just not knowing what i was going to do in the sport like if i was just a fan of it or if i wanted to do something more with it so um you know maybe not a specific instance exactly but um you know maybe just more uh, um deciding to do it sooner i mean like the, J the jd mcduffie book for example um you know a lot of the people that i interviewed for we interviewed more than 30 people on it um it you know some of them, of course, are very old. And, and uh, Wilbur Thomas, for example, uh, one of his former crewmen, 
Uh, I interviewed him and the book got published and I think he passed away like maybe like four months after the book came out. And, you know, but, you know, in other cases, there was another person, I think Jerry Glenn Sr., the engine builder, uh, he passed away like very early in the research of the book and never got to see it made. So, you know, I think I think the big lesson from that is just, you know, if you have an idea, just just go for it. Don't don't wait on it because, you know, you, know, you never know if the opportunity is going to be there. Yeah, I really wish I had started this podcast sooner, but then I wouldn't have gotten the chance to meet um, meet Kevin. And then I would have never met um, Alex and Methy and I wouldn't be best friends. So honestly, I think <laughs> that, that works timing... out for the best. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matthew's, oh, there he is. I see him popping up every now and then we mention his name. Kevin, you got more questions? I think I'm good, to be honest. I mean, I I, I think I'm going to have to order this book now. <laughs> I know, for real. You, I definitely need something to uh, read right now. I'm kind of uh, running out of ideas. My girlfriend keeps me uh, up to date, but you know she has a completely different taste than I do. So <laughs> I'm looking for something more along the NASCAR lines, and this is definitely... Definitely keep me interested. I had a couple more questions. Um, this is a dumb question, but we ask everyone that comes on the podcast, except for sure. some reason, Ryan Vargas. Uh, who is the most famous person on your phone? Oh, yeah, that's right. Most famous person on my phone? Hmm, uh, boy. That's a good question. Uh, Thank you. Let's see. I'm actually having to look at my phone to figure that out. Let's see. You never asked me that question. I asked Vargas that question, Kevin. I feel like you did. I move the mic away from your face. I think you did. No, I said move the mic away from your face, Kevin. Oh. It's like literally in your mouth. Is that better? Yes, it's better. I I, I don't want to have to do. Sorry, more we're, we're having an intimate time right there. You it's never fine if, if your mic's your girlfriend. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. wrong with that. Uh, well, this this sorry, could be <laughs> could be a matter of opinion here, but uh, I'm just looking at the Jays here, and I got uh, Dr. Jerry Punch, Jimmy Means, and Ned Jarrett. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, three. yeah, that's, that's that's huge right there. My God, yes to all. Oh of wow, them. you got like NASCAR Hall of Famer Ned Jarrett. I mean, Dr. Jerry Punch is a legend in the sport. That's that's insane. Yep, there were there were three of the people that were uh, contributed to the book, and uh, you know, again, very thankful for the project to reach out to them I, I i can't pick one from there i got jerry nadu on here too because because of the project we did there too so you have, you have your favorite driver and this is like kind of another question but like first of all awesome that like i love that jerry nadu is your favorite driver because i'm a ward burton fan so i get rooting for drivers that are not the most popular or the best and that's just your oh, yeah. commitment's incredible um but you you have jerry nadu's number that's that's awesome <laughs> Oh yeah, and you know we did we did do an interview uh, follow up. I know that it, it it got taken down because what originally what we were doing is you know Jerry wasn't sure if if he wanted his voice heard in the video, so he had me <laughs> transcribe it and and say his lines, and then he changed his mind on that. So we're kind of in the process of still doing something on that. But cool. um, you know, it's yeah, real real down to earth guy. First time I've seen him in in years, and uh, you know it's uh, yeah, it was it, it's uh, that's definitely another one on the list. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, any more questions for Brock? Crickets. Crickets. Oh, thanks, Matthew. You're <laughs> best. He's probably very busy though, right I now. I brought up um, the book. I think that I brought up solid. I book. guess I, the only thing I was going to ask is, um, having watched NASCAR for almost thirty years now, uh, what's the best season you've specifically ever seen? Because I've always wanted to like, we've never done it, but like rank seasons that we've seen because. I feel like a lot of people have been chattering about like 2011 recently on Reddit being yes. the best season of NASCAR they've ever seen. And it's like, I, I, 
I feel like it might be just nostalgia, but I love 2002. I think 2002 was just so wacky. And 2000 also was just a very wacky season. There's, yeah, those, all three of those are good nominees for sure. I, my, my first, before you, right, right when you first mentioned the question, I was going to say 2011, um, just cause I, just cause so recently and I was following hmm. the sport a lot closer than I was in 2002 or 2000. Another one I, I would nominate as well. I don't know if I like it more than 2011, uh, was 2004. Um, certainly, hmm. um, in in terms of last place history that was huge because there were so many start and park teams and startup teams and and it happened at the same time that you had nextel come in as a sponsor so it was a very interesting transitional period in the sport and i and uh had some uh, good moments of course the crazy championship battle to cap that one off so uh, i would throw that one in the mix too Shouts out 2004 last car champion Todd Bodine and also 2004 champion Kurt Busch for like losing a tire right in front of me at Homestead. One of the weirdest things I've ever seen happen in front of oh, me. Oh, you were there? Oh, that's so I exciting. was there. I was there for I was at a lot of races and a lot of crazy shits happened in front of me. I had the Roval incident happen directly in front of me. Um, the Newman, both Newman Daytona crashes in 2003 and this year happened directly in front of me. Um, I was there for um, Ward Burton's 2002 Daytona 500 and Sterling Marlin getting out of the car on the back stretch. I still oh, will man. never forget just almost falling out of my chair as a child, laughing my ass off. Um, <laughs> yeah, 2000. I didn't realize how important 2001 Homestead was with Bill Elliott winning that race as a child. It was my first ever NASCAR race. I didn't get it. So I guess that's kind of historic. And Bobby Labonte's last win. So I've seen some oh, cool wow. stuff in my life. Life. Probably the craziest one I've been in. Uh, definitely Sears Point's been my home track. So mm, I'm, I'm just so jealous that you, that you get to go there all the time. I love that that track. Well, so I much. highly, highly recommend it. Great track staff there. Steve Page and the folks there always put on a good show. Uh, media mm. out facilities are fantastic. Um, but yeah, two of the biggest ones, of course, is Jerry Nadu fan. And that's in the video there. Uh, uh, Nadu's, uh, um, you know, his bonsai move into turn one in 98 <laughs> or the or the rear gear failure in 2002. Those are only talking big. about that one, but, um, 2016 as well. The, uh, uh, Tony Stewart's final victory. I was in the media center and there was everybody, you're not supposed to cheer in the media center. Of course, and <laughs> everybody's trying really hard, but I just heard one person in the corner. I think it was like a Chevy representative. I just go, get him, get him, get him. And then like, yeah, then that, that was right when he nerfed the 11 out of the way. And, um, just huge, just huge. It was, it was just an amazing moment. I don't think we'd ever be allowed in the media center. I've learned one thing at my time at Daytona being in the media center. The first, um, just whenever there's an accident, everybody just, oh, it's it's a weird feeling. <laughs> but we all just do it in unison. Yep. This has that beautiful. Gasp there. Yeah. Oh, well, then you get that weird thing with the time delay, too, where, you know, some people react to it on the live feed and some people react to it on the recorded feed. At least exactly, it seemed like yeah. that was a big issue. That's yeah, funny. I remember during the 500 during um, uh, Byron's accident where Stenhouse kind of gave him the boot. I was like, oh, my God, like, can't believe that happened. And then uh, one of my the people above me were like, what the hell happened? I like, just looked there and it was the, the TV that was behind. And she was like, what? What? And that was fun. Oh, <laughs> wow. There you go. All right. So we well, uh, should we should we move on to our predictions for this weekend? Uh, let's go ahead and talk some predictions. So last week was not the most exciting. Everything was looking um, looking pretty good for the most part. Everything almost came up Kevin Harvick for you guys. Um, that was getting me nervous. Truex was looking great. I was getting excited. Boofed it. 
Um, and uh, Chastain was getting me real nervous for Alex's picks because I was uh, really concerned I would have had to have given Chastain 50 points. It almost made me uh, rethink this point system. And once again, I, I have to rethink it, uh, I feel like, with Alex's picks this week. But, um, yeah, I am leading still with 78 points. Kevin, go ahead and call bullshit. Uh, bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I, I know you're mad. Methy is in second, 18 points back with 60. Kevin with 58. And Alex in absolute bumfuck, absolute nowhere with 28. So it's not, <laughs> it's not looking great for Alex this season. But um, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt with some of his picks, even though they continue to be incorrect, I guess. So... Brock, and for anyone else who is new here, how we do our picks is we have a dark horse sleeper and favorite. The dark horse is a driver or team um, that normally is not in the top 23 or 25 very often, and you get a specific amount of points for that. Then the sleeper is your safe pick. Like You can lose points for having a sleeper finish poorly, but they're your safer like 22 to 11, somewhere in the top 10 a bit pick that you're like not sure about but like they could do well and then your favorite is your mortal lock of the century if they don't do well you're losing a lot of points here so you need them to do well yeah we we created a serious system and the winner's getting uh between the podcast a little something something but if brock does really well this week and beats all of us i'm gonna give brock some free merch whenever i decide to make that merch so (laughs) well it sounds like We'll talk shirt. It's it's a lot of fun, and it gives me something to yell at the TV about on Sunday. So that's that's the most important thing. So I've since Alex is out and about in California filming the sequel to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too. Um, we will go ahead and just read his picks out. So we have for his dark horse Christopher Bell, which again I don't. Can we be in agreement? I don't think Christopher Bell is a dark horse, Kevin. I think for now he is because he hasn't shown. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'd say, yeah, yeah for I'd, now. I'd I'll, I'll agree now. with it. Just for also, now. just another oh. clarification for Phoenix. That's when we're starting this year's points as like a hard. That is the fifth horse. race, correct? No, it's so they do it after the third race. I saw. Uh, if you want to do it that way, I'll we'll, we'll discuss. That. I mean, we can. I mean, if Kyle Busch is still like thirtieth in points or whatever, we can <laughs> obviously that's something. But like, I, if we're I on the we fence, we can look at the points. I think after Homestead might be the best. All right, yeah, your call. Um, we'll we'll discuss it. And Since then, you're rigging it anyways, it's your call. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Let me rig it in my favor so that I can just have Christopher Bell next week. Um, so then, um, his sleeper is Kyle Larson. He really just loves picking Ganassi cars. He does. And, um, I don't blame him. And then his favorite this week to win is da 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 Kyle Busch. Not okay. really surprising. Okay. He's going the usual my approach. So, Kevin, you actually scored the most points last week. However, I got some bad news. Since we have a guest on the podcast this week, Brock gets to pick first. Understandable. So Brock, okay. Yeah, Brock, congratulations. You get to choose first. There's you can you don't there's no lock on who you can pick. You can pick anyone, but just keep it in the rules. Like I I would definitely say Jimmy Johnson is not a dark horse. <laughs> okay. So so you kind of do you do you do the dark dark horse, then the mid tier one, and then your favorite, the top. Correct. One. That's good. Yeah, and we'll okay. go through the order. So I'll go, or you go, then Kevin. Methy, you still alive? You with us? Uh, technically. He's not with us. <laughs> Legally, yes. I am here. Legally, he has to respond, yes, but I'll 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 message him. Um we'll get his picks when we get his picks. But Brock, go ahead and go first. 
Okay. Uh, so for a dark horse, uh, I'm going to say John Hunter Nemechek. Ooh, good pick. Good pick. Start off that might... way and see if you can keep that going from the first part of the year. Yeah, no, I picked him last week, and he was doing, like, we talked about it, but he was doing pretty well in that um, second-to-last restart, holding his own, and really um, just kind of fighting it out. He he, he definitely sh- is showing a lot of promise for a car in front-row motorsports, so I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, Kevin, who you got as your dark horse? Is Cole Custer allowed as a dark horse? Cole Custer is allowed as a dark horse. because and I'm going to go with Cole Custer as my dark horse. That's a good pick, too. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't showed... Oh, Jack this uh, so far, but he did win the Xfinity race there last year, and I know it's a completely different package, but hopefully just being back there at the track and give him some positive momentum. We're waiting for him to do anything, so it's like, if, if he does win this week or, you know, gets a top 10, awesome. Good for him. I don't think that he he... I'm almost certain he actually did win here last year. In yeah, the, last year in the Xfinity race. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So yeah, this could be big for him. Um, all right, he my in for Austin Dillon, too, didn't he? Did he? Did he? That's a Austin weird Dillon was sick. Also, welcome back. Thank you. Um, no, because <laughs> he he practiced for somebody because he was like the only person out in that direction because he stayed because he's a California boy. Oh. I want to mm. say he filled in for somebody like temporary or qualified a car or something on Sunday. He might have been practicing. He might have been practicing a car because he definitely didn't make any starts last year. And I think his only start. Yeah, I think his only three starts in 2018 were Richmond, Charlotte, and I'm not looking it up right now. So give me a second. Uh, (laughs) No worries. No worries. All right. So my uh, my dark horse. No, 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 no. Shut up. You don't get to go. You're You're winning. Yeah. So I get to go third. I don't understand that logic, but okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't understand. We're that going by last week's points. We're going by last week's points. I, you, Kevin scored twenty-five. I scored twenty-three. You scored seventeen, and Alex's points are irrelevant because he's in last. Oh, sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, just, Matthew, just, he's regular. Just, just, just let him be. It doesn't yeah. matter, <laughs> Matthew. Go tell me your dark horse. Nothing matters. There's no laws. I'm, Viva I want Michael McDowell, and I want zero <laughs> points because I want him to set the record. Fair. Hey, how about that? <laughs> and going for history this week. I will text you, Brock, when it happens to say congratulations. Of course, you would have nothing to do with it, but I just want to say congratulations to you. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll look forward to it. <laughs> um. Okay, so my dark horse, I'm going to go with the man who had no luck last week, Um. almost had a great finish. I want to give Ryan Priest an opportunity here. I think this will probably be one of the last weeks that I get to choose him as a dark horse, so... Looking forward to him having a good finish at California. That's fair. Good pick. All right. Um, Brock, let's go to your mid-tier sleeper. What do you have as a safe pick? Safe pick. Mm. I'm... Boy. I'm not sure if he qualifies in this group, given the given the way he started this year, but I was thinking William Byron. Oh, he oh, definitely... Yeah. He's yeah, definitely he's in this group. This is, this is almost, we could change this tier to just the William Byron tier. Yeah. <laughs> is think, he good? Think, uh, is he going to blow a tire at the end of the race? Well, that's a, that's a big question. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know, again, it's, 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 we're going into uh, Jimmy Johnson's last uh, start at Fontana. He's got Chad Knauss on the, uh, the pit box. Uh, how amazing would it be if uh, old uh, Billy B was able to do the same thing? Bill Byron. What do I call him? Billy Scoots. 
Billy Scoots. Billy Scoots. Billy Scoots. I like that. Yeah. All right, well, I'm just... going to go on the other side of that spectrum of the Chad Canals, ex-Chad Canals. I'm going to go uh, with Jimmy Johnson. And shout out uh, to Reddit user Guitar Deadman for pointing out that Jimmy Johnson has raced 25 times at Auto Club Speedway and has completed every single lap. What? I did not That's know preposterous. That. Absolutely wow. preposterous. I mean, that's... I, I feel like it's his last start, so... If he's done it 25 times, he can do it at 26th. And if he can stay on the lead lap, he'll probably get a good finish. And do you remember that one race? At, now that you mentioned that, you remember that one race at Fontana when rain was coming in and he blew an engine at the end? And luckily they stopped the race. Like he probably wouldn't have been able to keep <laughs> oh, going wow. at that point. That's impressive. I tried to figure that was. I think it was 12 or 13, but yeah. Well, that's that's the... a hell of an asterisk. He is the only driver hey, besides Kyle Bush with consecutive wins there, also. Fun fact. There, there we go. And he also, him and Kyle Busch, also the only two drivers to get their first career win. And I have that. That was the first race I ever recorded on VHS. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which, going back to talking about Jerry Nadu, um, that was the serious point race was the second race I ever recorded on VHS. And I never wanted to there watch you know. it again after that ending. Yeah, I'm afraid that that one's still hard to watch. Oh, man, I could have given you the footage there if you needed it. <laughs> I have I have some of these at my grandmother's house somewhere. NASCAR's <laughs> done a great job of uploading them. But anyways, Methy, let's get your sleeper. I'm gonna take Matt De Benedetto while he's still considered a sleeper. Oh, okay. You think that he's there gonna go. be a favorite soon? And he's gonna be moving up in the top ten more uh, and more often. And I think he's gonna be he's gonna make the playoffs. So he's gonna be more the favorite. <laughs> already talking about playoffs playoffs god that's a well, classic clip just need to win a damn race playoffs <laughs> I mean hey he's doing great doing better than uh, Brad Keselowski uh, oh is he yeah uh, he is yeah. he didn't crash well he so, crashed at Daytona with Brad so that didn't go well for him and then he finished in second whereas Brad finished in seventh and Brad hasn't looked great Time to move De Benedetto to the two car. We'll get in that discussion year. in our we'll uh, round the field. Sleeper pick for me. I'm also gonna go with Jimmy Johnson. Kevin pretty much nailed the the um hammer on the head or whatever the term is. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't Thank hit a hammer you. with another hammer, Anthony. <laughs> well, you can. It's just gonna be very <laughs> um like nothing stopping you from hitting a hammer with a hammer. I mean, there's no law. Like the just police are gonna sense. Come <laughs> anyways but i i have i'm not a big jimmy guy this has been well known i respect how good jimmy We've is, heard. But it, would, it would be cool to see jimmy get a win at the place he got his first win at especially considering you know it's it's kind of a hometown track for him and you know it's it's jimmy it's been a minute like it would be a huge it's celebration been a minute <laughs> it, it, which is something i never thought i'd say is when I, like watching nascar in the late 2000s early 2010s like just being like wow jimmy hasn't won a race in a long time Mm-hmm. It's just strange. All right, Brock. So, who do you think is winning this race? Then, who is your mortal Martin Truex Jr. Safe MTJ, pick. TJ Martin Truex Jr. Absolutely uh, taking the Anthony approach, getting the last guy to win it. I like how much on it. Um, no, didn't Truex dominate this last year? No, Kyle Busch won. Truex won it number two years 200. Ago, oh, yeah, Anthony, how, right. how dare you try to question me on this podcast? You, you know your place. <laughs> 
hate this. I hate how I'm always <laughs> wrong on my own podcast. Oh, every time, 100% of the time, I'm wrong. Okay, I got to change the graphic for this week, by the way, if I'm adding Brock onto it, so I got to figure that out with Photoshop. <laughs> um, Kevin, who is your favorite? You know, I think a guy who probably should have won last week had it not been for a uh, broken valve stem. I'm gonna go with Chase Elliott. I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling Chevy this week. I think their their new nose is improving. We saw it last week at Vegas; they were fast. So I think uh, yeah. he finishes up there, even if it's not a win. I mean, he he's running good, and if he can continue that speed he had last week, which I don't think there's a reason for him not to, it'll be a good day for me. Be would would be nice, wouldn't it be? Um, Nephi, who's your favorite this week? I think I might be going out on a limb for the definition or fitting the definition of favorite, but uh, I was really impressed with his uh, late race speed last week. And I think Chevy's got their act together. I think Hendrick has their act together. I'm going to say Alex Bowman. Wow. Ooh, Bowman the showman. I like it. Yep. Yep. Fun, fun statistical fact before last week's finish, he had the best uh, mile and a half uh, average finish out of any driver in the field dating back to, I think it was um, Kansas, the first Kansas race of last year. Is what Mike Joy was saying. He's just been, but when you think about it, he's been killing it on these intermediates, and that's a great. He pick. has been good on those, yeah. So not not really too much of a surprise if you think about it. It's just been a minute since we've had to think about Alex Bowman. So good pick, good pick. Um, well, my pick, <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Kevin Harvick this week. I think um, you know he showed just dominance at Michigan last year, and. It's also Kevin Harvick. If they actually try to adjust for non-restart <laughs> speed, I think they can, <laughs> you know, maybe hold something out because I feel like this race, unless it goes just full 2013, is um, known for some long green flag runs. And I think that, um, you know, Rodney Childers will adjust for that. So here's hoping that he adjusts for it. I mean, yeah, Brock, it, if, you, if you've never listened to this podcast before, Anthony does this thing where he only picks the winner of last year's races or the last track type so like <laughs> kevin harvick michigan yeah last week who was your pick anthony uh martin truex jr who won the and fall Vegas exactly race. yeah so it's and it's if anthony ever says bold prediction that's complete bs um he's he's trying to maximize points not have fun here i also <laughs> would like to point out that i did call denny hamlin two in a row at um at daytona so i got that this right I, I called uh denny hamlin at phoenix did and uh, there was no um reason to get that right so get out of here fair i haven't picked denny in like two weeks this has been very painful for me Ugh. all right sick those are our picks you ready to round out the field yeah um okay so rounding out the field kevin sure i'll go all right so <laughs> um and Matthew alluded on it earlier and I think we should just get it out of the way. There's a there's a rumor that's been surfing around the interwebs about a uh, a certain driver in the number two Penske racing Ford Mustang, um, who I guess is going to the forty eight next year. I personally haven't seen anything on it, but it's definitely a Wrong. plausible rumor. Drunk Brian France tweeted and for some reason he is normally okay. Why are, are my we still giving him attention? Because he's not <laughs> wrong about these rumors. Like we, like he is normally one of the guys on Twitter that I just don't care much for. 
Um, but uh, people vouch for his like knowledge of insider NASCAR like rumors. And, and, and this is one that he's apparently like calling it more to lock of the century for him on moves. Like it's already like a done deal, he says. So someone who I, literally just worked for the sport, I have not heard a single thing about it. So I don't tell you anything. They don't tell you anything, Kevin. They told you what was just on the. They told you just what was like the nice little toasted sugar on the creme brulee. They're not giving you the custard. I know more. All right. I Um, I think that rumor makes a lot of sense, actually. I I do. I I agree. I I definitely agree it makes sense. But like we've talked about on the podcast before about like um, that Brad Keselowski had burned that bridge prior to going to Penske in the first place. So it was just kind of like odd to me that now this is like, oh, this is definitely happening. Like it came out of nowhere in my eyes. Didn't Mr. H say if there's ever an opportunity for him to get him back in one of his cars, he would take it? He did. never heard that. I feel like that was so long ago that, but I mean, who knows? I mean, Penske kind of gave Brad the short stick on his, uh, the the crew chief swap and they got an open ride and I I could see Mr. H taking up the offer because I don't think there's anyone waiting in the wings ready for it. Kind of like how William Byron, we were like, oh, this is the guy. Like, I don't think Gregson's that guy. He hasn't shown me enough. Yeah, he did win. Gregson wins like 20 races this year. Yeah, Gregson wins. (laughs) <laughs> six races by the time june hits i think that's a different conversation but yeah. as of right now i think keselowski's not a bad choice i just think keselowski would like to go back to finish his career where it started junior motorsports and Long then Hendrick the running at number, 20, number 25 Jeez. go daddy car <laughs> there we go anthony <laughs> I made a really shitty kiss. <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, uh, can we just talk about then who is taking over the two, or is the, are we gonna just go straight for the Kyle Larson to the five jokes right now? I mean, Cendrick's there. Yeah, actually, I'll make the joke. Let me make the joke. Brian Brad Keselowski to the five. I could see them renumbering it. <laughs> retire the 48 Je- yeah. gordon never got seven championships he didn't deserve now it. wait wait didn't kozlowski drive the 25 25 go daddy car yes he did yeah so i feel like if yes. Hendrick wanted to bring back the 25 that would be Oof. the time Oof. Oof. bring back i like the five better also just bring back five cars yeah I <laughs> yes agree. um i mean I, I i would like to see De benedetto move up for one year if Cindric Cindric i don't think is ready for cup I don't think, he, I think he's he will only be tra- at the end of this year. Well, we'll see at the end of this year. But right now, I feel like he's great at uh, road course races. He's very average everywhere else. He, I mean, he did finish his second in Vegas, looked decent. I don't think he's ready, ready yet. Like, Briscoe might he's be more ready. better. He's been getting, yeah, he's getting better. He's like, what, 23? No, he's only 21. Bro, no way. He's that. I know, right? I can see Baffer. Briscoe going to Penske or the Wood Brothers. He's a Ford. He's a Sport Ford mm-hmm. Ford mm-hmm. sponsored guy. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I, I can think, see Briscoe going to the twenty one as well. But I don't want to see. I think Matt we Tender. know where, where uh, Briscoe's going, but we're just not saying it <laughs> to, to the sixty car. It's no, that ain't it. To the moon. Some some insider information that we have said on this podcast in the past that so we found out at Talladega. Um, there's going to be a ride opening that hasn't been announced, and we're pretty confident that. Uh, okay, can that I guy's can I get there. full disclosure here? I may or may not have told Chase Briscoe about that at Daytona, not realizing the team he drove for at the time. So 
Uh, did I, have I maybe gotten Chase Briscoe a little excited uh, prematurely, and now he's going to do hey, even I'm better? Saying, I don't know. He just, he, yeah, he just won the race. race. Mm. So, he's got talent, man. He, he's got the the charisma. Fuck has and, no uh, idea what we're talking about. We'll, 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 we'll fill you we'll in. We'll fill him in, yeah. Yeah, no worries. Um... Okay, so moving along, there's yes. going to be – so since we're having this race at Fontana, there's going to be some awesome Kobe Bryant uh, tributes this weekend and um, Gigi Bryant um, uh, tributes. So that's going to be really, really cool to see. Uh, Ryan Blaney's is amazing. Like I love I, – if I actually collected diecast, that would be like one I'd want straight up. I I'm agree. not even a Lakers fan. I, Kobe was like the first pair of basketball shoes I ever bought. Um, shouts out broke ankle insurance. Like, um, <laughs> I, I just love that car and Byron's car too. I know that there was like a guy on Twitter. I think it was lefty. Um, I need his actual name to give him credit here, but, um, he had a really dope scheme, but it's very simple. It really works. The one that, um, they went with and it was uh, at Noah sweet seven shouts out that guy, really good schemes by the way that he makes. So shouts out to him. Love content creators like that. Yeah, but um, you mentioned it earlier, Brock, about uh, Daniel Suarez doing a uh, tribute to Kobe as well. Yes, there's a um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the individual there, but there's a local artist down there that uh, designs like a uh, special like custom shoes and everything. So uh, Suarez is going to wear like special like Kobe Bryant like gloves and shoes, and apparently, I believe he's going to auction them off. I'm looking uh, at them right the now, they're incredible. Yeah, those are the ones. So. Uh, that should be a pretty good deal there too. So all you know, uh, Kickstradamus is the Kickstradamus for that. That's the one. That's an incredible name. That's perfect. They don't even show yeah. like his, his actual name. It's just okay if you got a name like that, you don't. It's, you know, <laughs> his actual name is Salvador uh, Amazgua. I'm sure I said that wrong as I normally do, but it's Salvador Amazgua. Okay. Um, Kickstradamus. Highly recommend looking him up because I am familiar with that name and he does have some fire designs. So honestly, really cool, though, to see some of these things coming out of the woodwork. I know a lot of angry, um, you know, we don't try to um, do any ageism here, but some angry boomers online were definitely not pleased about it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's they can be mad all they want online because they're still going to run the schemes and they're still going to Suarez is still going to have those fire kicks and, and gloves. It's all it's all good. Like, you know, it looks fantastic. I'm very happy with it. It's a it's a good tribute, very very tasteful too. I think exactly, I think it'll yeah. fit the overall feel of the weekend along with the Jimmy Johnson tributes, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I think I think uh, you know honoring the big the, the greats of both sports. I think it's going to be a good fit. Yeah, here's the fast facts. That's what I was looking for. It's looking for some of these fast facts from um from Fontana. See what I can get here for my picks, but it doesn't these are these are too oddly specific. I can't deal with these on Jayski. They're too much. Um. What just else? a thing real quick i am on one percent so just in case and i've been kevin there you go <laughs> thank you kevin you just, uh, iphone please get your shit together by putting a charger and aux cord option this is absolutely ridiculous we we, yes. we cannot deal with it um yeah oh, I'm trying I, to I, see. Think we, I think we mentioned that i think i mentioned this already but just in case i haven't um i i am going to be covering the uh, action this weekend at fontana uh, we're going to be driving down tomorrow and uh, covering all three days. So stay tuned to my Twitter feed at last car on Brock. Also the website, last uh, We're going to be doing some uh, stuff this weekend and um, yeah, just tracking uh, everything that's going on. Anything I, uh, planned with any certain drivers or just kind of being there watching. 
Uh, not I. Let's see. I do have one. It's it's um nothing really firmly set up here. So yeah, mostly just kind of uh yeah, just kind of floating around the garage area. Although I do have uh something that's going to be tied in with the next book I'm working on, but Ooh. I don't have uh, an announcement on that quite yet. Awesome. Oh yes. You uh give us a little tidbit as to what's cooking up in the. Oh, there goes Kevin. Um, can you give us a little tidbit as to what's cooking up in the uh oven for you and NASCAR man? Or oh, did I just work? get kicked out? Oh, oh for that. the for, for NASCAR man? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're still we're still getting some ideas together right now. I don't know what our next project is, but uh, I haven't received my next script from him, uh, from him yet. Uh, but um, uh, we are uh, kicking around a couple ideas here for what's uh, what the next project's going to be. Very excited for it. Very excited for it. So I think everyone's got to run right now. So I'm sorry if we have to cut anything short here for missing anything. Like that's just having people scream at their like radios like, no, you're forgetting this. You're forgetting this. So <laughs> we'll get back to it next week. Don't worry, guys. We, we we're always on top of our stuff. But um, just make sure to follow us on Twitter at LTLN podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, all the, that good stuff. We're not on YouTube. Not yet. Um, we're going to be pivoting at some point soon once I learn how to edit video. Um, anything else you want to advertise real quick, Brock? Um, yeah, actually, one last thing. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash lastcarodbrock. Uh, we put a door magnet on my car for every uh, trip we do to the races. And so if you want to get your name on there, join any level, and I'll write you uh, in there and enter you in a drawing to win the magnet after we get back home. I'm probably going to be doing that for the podcast itself and or just to get my name on your car. Um, you better put, it, you better put the podcast in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Kevin can't allow me just to have a little bit of an ego. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Check Thank you. All right. So um, until next week, we will be back probably doing an episode earlier. Nothing on the menu yet. I know F1 season's literally right around the corner. I didn't even realize this. We're getting very close to that. I'm going to have our IndyCar guy on probably the next two weeks. So that should be a lot of fun. We'll get to introduce him to all of you guys, unleash him into your eardrums. But until then, I have been Anthony. I have been Kevin. I'm, I'm still messy. Oh boy. <laughs> and I'm too early. Uh, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> no, you had it. Actually, you had it. And we just... Ah, oh, man. It, it, it was close enough. I can fix it. Don't worry. But until next time, we'll see you guys. Love you. Bye. Trap God, I was having up the hallway.
you over pants. 